Thanks for listening to the Galilee Students Podcast. We exist to help students love God, love others, and serve all. Hey, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. Has anybody, has, this is a, a day that Star Wars nerds, it's like their Christmas morning. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, yes, we have Star Wars. Like, no, it's like they don't do that. But uh, anybody a Star Wars fan, you're, like, you're not afraid to admit it. Okay, there's a few, a few of us in here. I'm an old guy, so back in the day, Star Wars was relevant because it was, it was new. It was something that was very, like, culturally relevant. Like, it was a huge, huge deal. Anyone, was anyone told today, may the fourth be with you, by uh, any Star Wars people or nerds? Some people, well, only a couple people. That's okay. All right. So tonight, we're going to go off topic. Last week, we started a new series, and I'm really excited about it. All summer, we are going to go through the book of First John and Second John and Third John, and we have these really cool um, notebooks that we're going to pass out every week, and you'll get one if you haven't got one. If you missed last week, it's okay. We'll get you the notes, and we'll get you all cut up. But this week, we're going to take a break, and we're just going to kind of go off of of, of Star Wars a little bit, since it is May the 4th, and since we are after this doing uh, an event called Sofa Wars, just to kind of piggyback on the whole Star Wars thing, uh, we are going to do that. This past week, uh, I read a really interesting quote from a dude named George Lucas. George Lucas is the, um, maybe you don't know, and that's okay if you don't, uh, he was the creator and director of the first few Star Wars movies. Uh, he was kind of the brainchild behind all things Star Wars. He said this in, and I thought this was interesting in Time Magazine when it comes to religious things and when it comes to uh, things like Star Wars. He said this, he, he, um, why, they asked him why he put the Force in films. If you don't know anything about the Force, it's this uh, force that helps people do things and you can move things and it helps people fight and it's just one of those things that kind of helps people. They, he asked why why'd you put that in the movies and here's what he said. I thought this was kind of interesting. He said this, in order to try to awaken a certain kind of spirituality in young people. He goes on to say this, more of a belief in God than a belief in any particular religious system. Like he wasn't pushing any religious system. He was kind of saying, hey, I just want to put it out there that there is a God. Like that's what he did. On another occasion, he said this, all I was trying to say in a very simple, straightforward way that there is a God and there's a good side and a bad side. And we know in our lives that we know there's a God and we know that there's evil and, and that there's good. And it kind of matches up a little bit that. And if you would go through Star Wars, there's some things that will align with what we believe, but it's not like, it's definitely not going to, it's not gospel, right? It's not going to be something where everything perfectly aligns with this. But it's interesting how the, the, this, the whole thing starts off. It's with a special boy from uh, an obscure desert location. And he like emerges to fight an evil empire. And then he continues on, and he's the only hope that the universe really has. And it's kind of interesting how if we could put a little bit of that towards Jesus. Now, like I said, many times when we try to put every single thing, like illustrations and metaphors fall apart. They just simply do. Uh, so tonight we're just using it as a, as a launching board. But one thing I find in every Star Wars movie is this, that every single one of them, and you'll see this in a lot of, of hero archetype movies, is there's, there's, there's one thing usually that the 
hero is trying to get across, and in, I think, I believe, in all of the Star Wars movies, it's all pointing to, it's pointing to this hope. Like, even when things look the darkest, it's pointing towards this hope. Like, even when you think, like, the hero is going to not make it, even when you think, like, the hero and his team is not going to make it, like, there's, 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 there's this hope that continues to happen. And then the very first Star Wars is actually called A New Hope. Like, that's the, the thing. And this character development all the way through, like, even just in the original movie, there's these, like, these, I call them a pinch point, like, where you're in the movie and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen here. This could be curtains for them. Like, I don't know what's going to go down here. And there's all these, these points in the movie where there's these pinch points, these, these points where it looks like everything's going to go south, and all of a sudden there's something good happens, and once again hope is thrust back onto the screen, and, and like the hero once again is going to be able to, to take this and happen. And then there's, there's many points in the movie where you feel like this, where there's, like, there's no way it's dark, there's no way this is ever going to go on and going to happen, and, and hope continues to come through, and it just, just happens that way. And then there's the climatic point at the very end of the movie where the hero becomes the hero, and he, there is hope, and they defeat the bad guys, and they blow up the Death Star, and it's just this thing where now the entire galaxy has this hope. And I don't know where you're at. Tonight I'm really just calling this a checkup. Like when we get sick, we go, uh, we go into the doctor and we, we'll get checked out and make sure that we're okay and they'll ask us all these questions. And the question that I want to ask uh, tonight is this, it's just simply the question of how's your hope level? Like where's that at? Maybe you're, you feel like you've been like in parts of this movie where there's this pinch point and you're like, I don't see a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. I'm not very hopeful right now. Like I don't see how I'm going to get out of this. Maybe uh, you've been through these things and your thoughts many times, they just get fixed on that and you feel like there's no way this is going to get better. And I, I just wonder if we were to, to do a spiritual checkup when it comes to hope in your life, like, like where are you at? I mean, are you in this place where maybe it was a relationship and it's ended and now you feel like it's hopeless and now like that, that's not going to happen again and it's not going to happen again for a long time? Maybe you lost a loved one that you were really close to. Maybe there's huge drama happening at your house and you're like, I don't know how things are going to get fixed at the house because there's just, I don't see any way the hope can happen. Uh, maybe you, you, uh, this year was tough for you because you moved to a new school. You moved to a new town. Maybe you know this summer that your parents are talking about moving somewhere here. You're going to have to transition to a new school or you're transitioning to something different like you're graduating or you're going to the next you know, step in school that's, that's a different school and you're like, I don't see much hope there. I'm really frightened by that. Uh, there's all these things like you know, maybe at school you're failing desperately in a couple classes and you're like, dude, I've got to graduate. I've got to pass this test. Uh, maybe some of you are... are crazy smart people and there's AP tests that are coming for you. Maybe there's last minute papers and end of your test and you're like, dude, there's no hope that I'm going to be able to remember all that stuff that the teacher has yapped at me all stinking year. How in the world am I going to do that? I've seen time and time again students just have hope literally pulled from them. One, one moment that I remember that I just saw a student just have all the hope just taken from her was uh, there was this young lady uh, named Rachel in my youth group in Florida. She was a great 
soccer player. She actually went on to play D1 soccer. Junior year in high school, um, she um, blew her ACL going into her senior year. Finally got back in the game, and a couple of games in, she blew her ACL again. And I just remembered all the hope just being like, like taken from her. The thing that she loved so much, no longer could she be a part of what she, what she really, really loved. And I don't know where you're at tonight when it comes to hope. I don't know if you have no hope. I don't know if you have a little bit of hope. I don't know if you have, uh, we're, we're going to land tonight like this Jesus, this living hope that we can have, that we can actually live and have and things like that. Because here, he, I just don't know where your, your hope level is. And uh, maybe it's here, like you just feel like there's this hopeful, hopelessness. Like you feel like life right now for you is hopeless. And I just want to talk about that a little bit because I I think many times we think, well, it's okay to have hope, no hope for a few minutes. It's okay to have it for a season of life. And there's going to be times in life where we we feel like this, we feel hopelessness. But here's what happens if if we don't deal with hopelessness. Here's what begins to happen. You see, we start with hopelessness, and there's this, this path that I've seen a lot of people go on. It's a path that I've been on before in my life when, when hope feels like it's not around, when I feel like I'm struggling, when I feel like there's not a lot of hope in my life. Here's what begins to happen. like Hopelessness begins to move, and it begins to turn into despair. Despair is not a word we use too often, but it's, it, it means this. It means like uh, you don't, like you're hopeless, like you don't have a lot of hope. You feel like you are in despair. Proverbs thirteen twelve says this, that hope deferred, like pushed away, pushed it back time-wise, makes the heart sick. There's a story called uh, in a book of the Bible named Job, and this guy goes through some of the most difficult things that I can ever imagine. Losing his family, using all of his wealth, losing uh, his own health as well. It's just, it's a really tough thing. And he responds to this in Job chapter 6. He says, what strength do I have? What should I still hope? What prospects do I have that I should be patient? In the next chapter, in Job 7, 6, he says this, My days are swifter than a, weevil, a weaver's shuttle. That's a, a bird. And they come to an end without hope. I don't know where you're at. I don't know if it's hopelessness right now that's, that's leading down the road. The next stop after hopelessness is, is we begin to feel like despair, like there's no, there, there's no help here. Many times that's where we, we go into places like we talked about a few weeks ago, like, like depression, and that leads to health problems, and despair sets in, and then what happens when hopelessness and despair start to do their work, relationships begin to fall apart. They just begin to do that. Because like, we're weighted down with a lot of things, and, and we begin to neglect relationships, we begin to pull away from people, like despair and hopelessness, they, they just mess up our relationships with people many times. It can affect schoolwork, it can affect your job, it can affect your family, like nothing matters, you're living in the shadows, like hopelessness is a really dangerous thing. And, and the next stop down the path of hopelessness after despair uh, is this. And I've seen it time and time again. Uh, there's been times in my life where I've been hopeless and I've went to despair and here is where I begin to land. You know what? God's nowhere to be found. Like that's the next step down the road if we don't realize that we have this, this hope called Jesus. 
feel like we're abandoned by God. David in the Psalms in chapter 22 cries out to God and he feels like God is not there for them. In Lamentations chapter 3 verse 18, uh, Lamentations, what that means is to cry out to God. And there's an entire book in the Bible of people crying out to God. And here's what it says in, in Lamentations 3.18. It says, so I say, my splendor is gone and all that I hoped for from the Lord. We begin to ask this question when hopelessness leads to despair, that leads to this sense that we are being abandoned by God. We begin to ask these questions like, God, where are you at? Why are you not helping me in this thing? Are you not a good God? Like, what are you doing? What, uh, do you not hear my prayers anymore? And I think if we were real and I think if we were honest that probably some of us have felt like this, that God has abandoned us. We, we know the truth of the Bible is that he's not, and we know that all feelings are not always legitimate and true, but so often, here's where where we, be, we begin to move down this road. Uh, we begin down to move down this road of, of things that just feel hopeless. And the last place this leads, it leads us from trusting God to trusting ourselves and other things. Well, if God, you're not going to show up, if you're not going to show up in my hopelessness and my despair, I am going to lean on some other things, and I'll try to just bring my own hope. Like, I, I, here's what I, okay, I'll just do this. I'll, I'll find someone that I, I, can, I can date, and this will solve the despair in my life. And we just believe that that's where that's going to happen, that some relationship will fill this void and this despair and this, this, this darkness and this pain. We try to fill the absence with so many things. I'll just get this new video game, and that's what I'll play for a couple weeks, and then that gets old, and, and that's your hope for a while. Three months later, the game is old, and no one's playing anymore, and you don't even want to play it anymore, and you beat every level. Uh, it, it happens with, like, a cell phone. That'll be my new hope. I, if I got the new phone, if I got the uh, 21S, like that'll, that'll, the iPhone 21S, that'll, that'll work for me. And we try to fill this void with hope. Like, uh, here's what people do. They, they love to do this as well. They love to... to get rid of hopelessness with just a, a few let me let me get a buzz going let, let me have a few drinks let, let, let me smoke some weed this will numb the pain but here's what happens when the buzz and the high wear off guess what's still there hopelessness and despair all you've done is mask it for a few days for a few hours you pushed it down the road a little bit, but we haven't really dealt with it. Since hope is so important, I want to end tonight, and I just want to give you a couple things, and these are a couple that if I ask you, you could, you could put these down because you, you know what these are, but I, I just want to encourage you tonight in this. I want to encourage you in some things that, that will increase your hope. If you're feeling like there, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, if you're feeling like uh, Luke does in Star Wars a few times, and a lot of other people in Star Wars feel like there's no hope. Like, the first one is this, and I know what you're going to say when, as soon as I say this, because I'm a stinking minister, and I say it every single week, but I totally believe this, and it's simply this. You've got to get into God's Word. If you want to increase your hope, you've got to get into God's Word, because here's what I'm telling you. God's Word is full of hope. It's full of stories where it looked like there was hopelessness and despair. But yet it turns us and it points us and shows us that, that there is a God and that we can have hope, that we, we don't have to live in despair. Like, we don't have to, to, have, have to live that way. 
And the scriptures are intended to produce hope in our lives. They are descriptive to do that. It says this in Romans chapter 15. In Romans chapter 15, verse 4, here's what it says. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through endurance taught the scriptures and encouragement, they provide that, that we might have hope. The Bible, I don't know if you've ever read it before. Maybe you've not. What I'm telling them, if you read through some sections of the New Testament and even the Old Testament, there are so many stories of hope where it looks grim. And God continues to remind us, people, I'm here. You don't have to be hopeless. I'm not abandoning you. I am here. And lastly is this. We just have to put our hope in Jesus, our living hope. I love that the Bible calls Jesus our living hope. It's not money, it's not a thing, it's not this or that, that, that our hope is living and our hope is, is active. It says this in 1 Peter uh, 1.3, and this is the verse that's on your card that you'll look at in your, in your uh, group tonight, and I think it's a really important verse to, to look at. It just simply says this, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. You see, when we realize that Jesus is our living hope, it just it, when we realize that Jesus can be our hope if we put our hope in Him, that it reassures us in this present life. Because I'm telling you, this world is messed up and jacked up and dark. If I was to go across through the the, the headlines of the news, you'd be like, what? And this world is broken. And you'd be right. This world is broken. That God is going to come back and He's going to, to fix this brokenness in this world. But as believers, we can have this living hope that even though everything's falling apart in this present life, that there is a living hope that Jesus that is working, that is going to deal with this once and for all one day. Our hope in Jesus leads us to having a more effective Christian living and witness. When we're hopeful, we are a much better witness of Jesus Christ. When we're not in despair, we are really like we're a much better witness to look at. When our hope is weak, we're not a very good witness. When we worry, we're not a very good witness. But when we hope, and that's what this world needs, many times that's something the world can catch on to. You see, hope also encourages us to be bold as believers. Hope enables believers to face suffering with confidence. Like, okay, I know I'm going through a rough patch right now, but I have this living hope that I am going to get through this. You know, hope enables believers to face the future with confidence. Hope assures believers in an internal dimension to life that this is not all there is, that there is something that's going to last forever, and that hope lets us hold on to that picture. Hope enables believers to face death with confidence. To know that this is not all there is. Hope assures believers that there is a heaven. So often what we do, and I know what I would cling to when I was your age. Uh, we put our hope in if I can just be popular enough. If I can, if I can just hold on to that. And I just want you to know when you when you, you get out of high school, you're going to realize that man, that was you get out of middle school. 
you're going to wonder, why did I try to cling to that so much? Because it was all a game. It was all smoke and mirrors. It was, it was not real. Like, it didn't matter. We think it matters so much, and so often we think that that is going to bring us hope. In closing, I found this, uh, I don't know if it's a poem, I don't know if it's a saying, I'm not sure what it is. It, it talks about whose hands your hope is in. Like, whose hands your hope is in. And I, I love the way it puts this. It says this, uh, a basketball in my hands is worth about 25 bucks, 30 bucks, right? I could go Academy Sports, buy one for 30 bucks. A basketball in LeBron's James hands is worth about $41 million this year. That's what he made just from the Lakers this year. $41 million. A basketball in my hands worth about 30 bucks. In his hands, it's worth a lot it's more. It just depends whose hands it in. Uh, a football in my hands worth about 20 bucks. A, uh, a, a football in Patrick Mahomes' hands worth about $39 million a season. It really depends on whose hands it is. If we look at the Bible, a, a rod in my hands will keep away, a stick in my hands will keep away a wild animal, right? Maybe help me walk as an old man. But a rod, a stick in Moses' hand parted the Red Sea. It really depends on whose hands that thing is in. A slingshot in my hand, uh, okay, I may be able to take out your, your car window or the, car, or the window of your house, right? It's just a toy in my hand. It's just something you use. A slingshot in David's hand was a mighty weapon. Two fish and five loaves of bread in my hand is a couple of fish sandwiches, and I don't even like fish, okay? I, I don't even like fish. But two fish and five loaves of bread in God's hand feeds thousands of people in the Bible. A couple nails in my hands might produce a birdhouse or a treehouse. Nails in Jesus' hands produce salvation for the entire world. It all depends on whose hands it ends. So here's what I want to ask you tonight. Is your hope in you? Is it in the people around you? Yes, people around us can bring us hope. But where our hope really needs to land is in the living hope who is Jesus. That's who it should be in. It should be in Jesus' hands. Like you, you, so put, I want to encourage you tonight to put your concerns and your worries and your fears and your hopes and your dreams and your families and your relationships in Jesus' hands because it all depends on whose hands it is. So, so here's what I want to encourage you to do, to put your hope in Jesus. Put your hope in Jesus that, that he would be your hope. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you some instructions about the rest of tonight. Uh, we're going to have some fun, and uh, we're going to have a little, uh, little bit of craziness. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for tonight, and uh, I pray tonight, if there's people here tonight that just, like they're on the, the, that path of hopelessness right now, I pray, Lord, that they remember that they have a God who loves them, who cares about them, who is not stepped away from them in any sense of the being. God, I pray that we would just deal with our hopelessness because it can lead to some, some, some devastating things where we stop believing in you and we begin to walk away from people. And God, I pray that we would just walk towards you. We thank you that you want to be our living hope. 
pray we put our hope in you, not in our diploma, not in our careers or what's next in this life, that we would put our hope in you. Because you are what will last. Even people, people are great, but they're going to let us down. God, we thank you that you are our one true hope. And I pray, Lord, that we, we put our, our hopes and our dreams and our worry in your hands. We put our hope in you. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.